In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're very welcome to the Brendan Option. Coming to you courtesy of Immaculata Productions, I'm Father Brendan Kilcoyne. You might consider, if you like our work, hitting the subscribe button, or contributing to us on PayPal or Patreon, or submitting a comment. All welcome. Real men don't eat quiche. Did you know that? It was a saying. I'm not sure who came up with it. But apparently, they don't. Which is embarrassing, because I must say, while it's not my favourite food, I've never objected to a slice of quiche. Now, Elizabeth David, the, fa- the famous food writer, the English food writer who popularised French food in, 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 in Britain and Ireland, she maintained that in any case, the, the quiche we make is not the real thing. And that if, if indeed we knew how to make quiche properly, real men would address it with vigour. But it's an interesting time nowadays in which to reflect on what do we mean by real men? Because I'm sorry, and I'm I'm not saying this with any malice. I'm not saying this trying to be controversial or trying in any way to be awkward. But for a start to be a man, I think you start with the fact that you're biologically a man. And I don't see a way out of that. Nor does the church. I don't see a way out. I know for some people that's a point of anguish. More suspiciously, it's an ideological point um, and, a, and a kind of a criterion for acceptability. But I'm afraid I am talking about men who were born as men. Something that, without going into detail, admits of very easy verification at birth. And so are we born not to eat quiche? Is it our destiny? Does somebody look down at us when we're born and say, yea, he shall not eat quiche? What I'm going at is, this whole gender thing, there is some sense in it. This is the problem. Chesterton talked about this, that all the heresies, they were all, they all contained a truth that was just being pressed too hard. There is some truth in it. In that some things are culturally determined. One of them being the way in which maleness is expressed. Now, a point I often like to make is is that uh, it was once said, attributed to the Duke of Wellington, that the Battle of Waterloo had been won on the playing fields of Eton. Well, there were no playing fields in Eton when the Duke of Wellington was there, and the game of rugby hadn't been invented at rugby school as it was later. And the Duke of Wellington was a quiet, pale, introverted, shy boy who spent a great deal of his time playing on his own. It was actually a French writer who thought that up and put the words in his mouth. So real men, it seems, don't necessarily have to play rugby because the Duke of Wellington later went on to beat the greatest general, one of the greatest generals in history, Napoleon, having beaten several of his generals before that. Several of Napoleon's generals, I mean, in Spain. And uh, do you know, I'd say he quite possibly did like a slice of quiche now and again. Napoleon himself was a quiet, introverted, shy... You hear this stuff? You hear this stuff? I'm just saying. 
shy lad at the military college at Brian. A daydreamer. This was the man who was to conquer Europe. I don't know that he, he, he was mad on quiche. His favourite dinner, even as emperor, was the soldier's dinner at the time of fried potatoes with onions. He loved it. That was his favourite dinner. But I bet he'd have had a slice of quiche on the quiet if he could have and shared it with Josephine. How many ways are there to be a real man? The Japanese samurai liked nothing better than to write a little poetry of a morning and perhaps arrange flowers in the afternoon and then engage in a duel to the death in the evening. How do real men express their real manness? I put it to you that real manhood has always been seen in sacrifice and that you cannot understand masculinity without the category of sacrifice, of making something sacred by giving it back to the gods. Sacrifice. Sacrificium. What has marked out the man in every culture to my knowledge has not primarily been the ability or inclination to inflict pain or harm or injury on others, but rather to endure. Real men endure. Real men know how to suffer. After, of course, a slice of quiche. You can't understand maleness without suffering. Now, every woman in the country who's listening to this is throwing her eyes to heaven and saying, oh, the Lord Almighty, look down on us and give us patience in our misery. He's actually talking about the suffering of men when it's women who do all the suffering. And we know when a man is suffering because he never stops roaring about it. You may have a point. I didn't say we were dignified about it. I said, you can't understand manhood without understanding the concept of sacrifice. Look at the man's body. Yes, the body. The body. The physical body. We're back to biology. What is it meant for? Hard work. Bearing heavy loads. And war. For defending the woman and the child. That's what he's for. It's what he does. Sacrifice. Now I put it to you women, I just ask you to look in your heart and think about the ideal man you want to meet. You probably want to be swept off your feet by some handsome devil with a devil make hair air and all the rest of it. And that's fine. That's all a matter of style. That's fine. That's fine. So long as he's there for you when you need him. Because if he's not, we have a problem. And I put it to you that if he's not, you didn't marry a real man. There was that slice of quiche in his hand. Do you see? It should have warned you. Mm, oh, it's the devil. It is the capacity to sacrifice himself, the capacity to suffer for others, the capacity to defend others, to fight, and if necessary, to die for others. That marks the man. The capacity to endure, to suffer for others. That is the real man. Let's go back. Don't be scandalised. 
I, I love referring to film as the great art form and it's the great democratic art form of our time. It's like, it's like a day at the races where a millionaire can stand behind a man who can barely afford to put a bet and the two of them have a heated debate as to the merits of a horse. It reduces all class feeling. Go back to The Godfather. And when Marlon Brando tells his son, you spend time with your family because a man who doesn't spend time with his family is not a proper man. Now, I'm not, I'm not eulogizing gangsters, but I'm telling you that's the statement of a man. Yeah. I remember John McGahern in, in Amongst Women, where one of the girls says to her husband, who's drinking what they need to live, and she says to her husband, I should have listened to daddy, daddy being her terrifying and overbearing father. Played brilliantly in the film, by the way, by Tony Doyle, the Lord of Mercy, and I'm a fantastic Irish actor. Brooding presence. I should have listened to daddy, she said. He always said, the man who neglects his family for the tavern is the worst type of all. I'm telling you now, I, if you men are listening to me, look, why don't, why don't you do yourself a bit of good? Why don't you do yourself a favour? Why don't you just let off a load of stress? What am I for? What am I to do? Who am I? All the rest of it. Look at yourself in the mirror. No, no, I'm not being kinky. You know, look at yourself in the mirror. I mean, I can't, I'd throw up. Look at yourself in the mirror, okay? And, and, and see what you're made for. You're made for work and war. That's what you're made for. You are made for looking after the woman and the child. Sexist? Fine, call me whatever you like. I don't think nature changes in a few decades because we've got absurd notions in the decadence of a tired and, and wilting civilization that is about to be taken over by stronger ones. And I'm not coming the right-wing maniac. Do the math. You look at the demography of Europe and you see what's happening. We're not up to it anymore. We're decadent. We're like the ancient Romans at the end of the empire. We're weak. We're, we're a feat. See, and you'll say, oh, now, now, he, now he's, 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 he's gay bashing. I have known gay men who are anything but a feat. Gay is secondary to anyone's nature. A man is a man. And a man is made for sacrifice. That is what a man is for. You accept that. And as in accepting so much, you know, as so often the case in the, quest, in, in the matter of accepting one's nature, a, a sack of cement, a veritable sack of stones will lift from your back. And you will be at peace at least with the core of what you are. Now, real men don't eat quiche. But meet real men praise a rosary. Let me introduce you to a real man's rosary. Forged specially in the middle of a bog in Mayo. By, by a veritable Catholic Vulcan toiling at his fire with his hammer raised eternally. Okay, he has forged the demon strangler 
this rosary beads which would put the fear of God into the devil himself. Okay, it's made not to break. It's olive green because you may need it in the middle of war. Okay, it won't, it won't break. You won't lose it easily because you see it a mile away and if you drop it on your foot, you'll be crippled for life. This is a serious rosary. And they're being made in Mayo. And I'm going to be drawing more and more attention to these remarkably masculine rosaries that are being secretly produced on an industrial scale. The, the, the Catholic small arms industry that's going on in the middle of the bogs of Mayo. There's probably a bit of putching me made as well, but it's mostly this. I've got one for myself, right? I wouldn't use any other. Okay, I wouldn't use any other. Self-defense, if all else fails, it doubles up in a whole load of different things, or you could use it to tie up a steer. Or you could use it to knock a bullock. Hmm? And we're going to start selling these on Immaculata. These are Immaculata rosary beads, real beads for real men in a real world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>